There's so much information available at our fingertips. We're hit with ideas, buzzwords, headlines, and theories countless times a day. This is our attempt to dive a little deeper so complex topics become easy to understand. And our world becomes a little clearer. We'll tell you less. So you understand more. I'm Maggie. And I'm Mallory. And today we're talking about NATO. NATO. Can I just say that was the most intense I've ever heard? (laughs) There was like a little bit of uh, pain behind that. She's genuinely frustrated. Like, ah! Uh, Yeah. What the fuck is name? Oh. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) Okay. We're talking NATO, uh, which we're going to cover a lot of history and a little bit of time. Uh, because I want to get to like why it started and then also get a little bit into how we've gotten to where we're at today. Roger. Okay. So NATO stands for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is also sometimes referred to as the North Atlantic Alliance. And it's a political and military alliance between currently 30 member states. That includes 28 European nations and two North American nations. And that's the U.S. and Canada. Fun fact, the most recent edition was actually in March of 2020 with North Macedonia. Get it, Macedonia. So I think it's important to like what to say kind of how it's funded, because when we talk about being part of NATO and we know it's an alliance, we actually give money to operate NATO. Every country does. That's kind of part of the bargain. You get military protection for it. Like if a NATO country is attacked, the all there's a military support behind them, um, but that means you're also giving funding to make sure it operates. So NATO has a civil budget, which funds their head- headquarters, and a military budget, which funds their command structure and the NATO security investment program, which is military infrastructure and capabilities. So point of reference, this is what when Trump was talking about, like, are we, should we be in NATO or not? It's right. the amount of funding. Like, are people, we're funding XYZ amount. Yes. Is everybody else meeting, matching? When we talk about our defense budget, NATO is a part of that. Okay. Um, U.S. pays 16% of NATO's budget. Germany also contributes the same amount. The U.K. Pr- um, pays 11 0.2% of the budget and then it kind of, it goes down from there from the other countries because the amount we give is an agree is based on like a call share formula that's derived from gross natural gross national income of member countries. Got so it. basically we have a big budget so we pay a higher a higher percentage. Right, makes sense. Um the 2023 budget um was approved in December of 2022, so just last month. The civil budget for NATO is around 370.8 million euros, which is equal today to about $402 million. And then the military budget is around 1.96 billion euros, which is the equivalent of about 2.1 billion US dollars. So they got a big budget. Not, not, not cheap. Not cheap. And those were actually each over a 25% increase from the last year. You can imagine mm, that increase might why. have to <laughs> do with some things going on. In Europe, maybe. In Europe, yes. Uh, but let's travel back uh, to understand kind of how it was formed. So it was first formed in 1949 with 12 founding members. And they actually 
kind of signed the agreement in um, Washington, D.C. So 1949, this is the aftermath of the Second World War and in the start of the Cold War. Um, so in Europe, a lot of economies were suffering. There were a lot of lives lost, but there was still this fight um, for global influence and supremacy, especially among Soviet Union, the U.S., and other nations. So at the time, Europe required a massive influx of aid to help kind of their war-torn landscapes and reestablish industries and produce food. Um, and the United States, which was viewed as economically strong, um, was able to provide an aid package to them. And it was a very large-scale economic aid package known as the Marshall Plan. Um, at this same time, communism was growing in popularity, and it looked really good because capitalism up until this point hadn't worked so great, especially in the 20s and 30s. That was when you had the recession, the Great Depression. So there's this larger global conversation of whether or not capitalism would and should prosper, or was communism a better alternative? Popular kid on the scene. Right. So you had the U.S., the U.K., and other allied countries who obviously wanted um, to push liberal democracy. You had the Soviet Union who wanted um, to push communism. And you had kind of economically weak European countries in between, like physically in between those two. Yeah, all right. Um, So a few years prior to the signing of NATO um, in 1945, so the year the war ended, um, the Joseph Stalin, who's the Soviet leader at the time, Churchill, who was the British prime minister at the time, and Harry Truman, who was the president of the U.S. at the time, met in Potsdam, Germany um, in July and August to negotiate the terms for the end of the World War. Here they were discussing boundaries of like Poland, of Germany, like what would that part of Europe look like now that Nazi Germany had been defeated. I think there's a really fun anecdotal story from this meeting um, where as they're discussing uh, the boundaries, somebody piped up and I don't know who, but somebody piped up and was like, basically the Pope is not happy with um, how we're drawing borders, like really wanted peace, really, you know, all this. And Stalin at the time was like, well, how many divisions does the Pope have? He kind of dismissed the Pope's input because he, he in his mind, the Pope didn't have the power that he valued. Mm. In his mind, the value was, no one knows if he means divisions militarily or if he means from like a territory perspective. But either way, those were the two pieces that Stalin thought were important to global power. And he didn't feel like the Pope had that kind of influence. Mm, interesting. Yes. And I believe legend told us earlier, like Pope kind of clapped back and was like, <laughs> you can meet my territories um, in the afterlife, something to that extent, which is hilarious. So. Get it, Pope. Woo. One of the main questions, too, of this meeting was like how to handle Germany. Um, and the allied countries, the U.S. and U.K., their biggest fear was Germany would actually be neutral. So because a neutral meant that Stalin and communism had a greater chance Advantage, to expand, yeah. expand less. Proximity, right? Right. 
at the same year, or in the in the 1948, a year before NATO, Stalin had staged a coup to take over Czechoslovakia. So he is making moves. He was also um, kind of setting up little groups of people in these countries that were pro-communism. So he's already starting to spread his influence. Pause. Can I just make a side comment? Like, yeah. Has nothing to, it's just kind of crazy to think about leaders like Stalin, um, Truman, and Churchill sitting down and be like, let's see how we can divide up the world. And we, we know what the repercussions of that were, but it's just like yeah. a wild conversation. Like, yes. That's a lot of power. It's a lot of power, and it's a lot of based on, I feel like, personalities, which I feel, still think is true today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um, the first, so now we have the NATO, the first uh, secretary general, which was Winston Churchill's chief military assistant during the Second World War, is Lord Hastings Lionel Ismay. And he stated that the goal of NATO was to keep the Soviet Union out, the Americans in, and the Germans down. Damn. Right? I feel like that's a good summary of, like, the start of NATO. (laughs) Um, But Stalin was extremely influential. So in World War II, they lost about 20 million Russians in the war. That's a lot. It's insane. And it was – there's kind of a – it's a thing that you had to be very brave to be a coward in that army because if you didn't follow orders or anything, you would be killed or punished. So it was like a pretty, they had pretty brutal tactics in that army. Um, and it just goes to show like how much they were willing to give to fight. And I think the strength of that, of them at that time. Mm. Um, okay, so this is another fun anecdote. Uh, Stalin kept trying to assassinate um, Joseph Tito, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who was the former or who was the president of Yugoslavia at the time. He had tried two assassination tri- tips or tri- uh, two assassination. Assa- I can't assassination speak today. assassination attempts, and then Tito wrote back to him and was like. If you send another, like, if you try again, I'm going to send a sniper to you and I won't have to send a second one. Dang. Wait, two things. Okay. Tito's, the vodka, that makes me think of that. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's like a hark back to, because Russians known for their vodka, right? Maybe. And I I know that Tito's is bottled and distilled in Austin, Texas. Um, (laughs) But what if they were like, okay, I don't know, maybe not. I'm just saying. Huge huge Tito's Tito's fan. Although I will say Tito, um, this leader, after he, I I think he died of natural causes. I could be wrong, but after he passed away, uh, Yugoslavia went into all chaos. Mm, He was the leader that was holding them down. Right, I remember that. Um, Uh, so, So cheers to... Cheers, Tim. T- Cheers uh, t- with t- some Tito's, Tito's after. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Okay, so so you have this. So you have Stalin. You have NATO. Um, Stalin in response. Well, I should say Soviet in response, because eventually Stalin dies. Um, they sign or they create this unified military organization with the Soviet bloc con- countries, known as the Warsaw Pact. That was known. That was formed in 1955. Who signed that? Sorry. The, so it's the Soviet countries. Okay. So you have, um, obviously, we're going to have to cut this sound out. Remember this. 
peace for this time. I'm okay with Soviet countries. Okay. Yeah, it was like Czechoslovakia, East Germany, Hungary, Poland, Romania, etc. At the same time, West Germany joined NATO. Okay. So NATO is continuing to add countries. Soviets um, slash communism is starting to build their own. Their own sorority. Their own sorority. I, I will say Warsaw Pact seems a lot more dangerous than NATO. You know, yeah. just, just from a name term? Yeah, just yeah. from a name. Yeah. Like, what are they forming? Well, they Warsaw. got the word saw in it. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. got Warsaw Pact. You don't want to mess with those guys. Like, <laughs> we got the North Atlantic uh, Treaty. <laughs> We're so PC. Okay, so um, at the same time, too, just to give context in the world, and the... Um, the North Korea invaded South Korea in 1950, and that lasted until 1953. Um, the Chinese came, uh, communists came into power in mainland China in 1949. So not only do you have the Soviet Union pushing communism, but you also have it growing in Asia. Mm-hmm. Now, from 1953 to 1957, the Cold War tensions relaxed somewhat, and this was because of jo- uh, Joseph Stalin's death in 1953, um, and because the United States and Soviet Union um, began de- um, developing ballistic missiles. Missiles, I cannot speak today. Um, and this eventually led to the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962. Mm. So soon... This is like a side note, but soon uh, they would sign the Nuclear Test Ban Treaty of 1963. This ended the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, but, and it banned above-ground nuclear weapons testing. Um, This, though, it is sad, also hardened the Soviets' determination to never again be humiliated by their military um, inferiority. Inferiority. (laughs) Get this girl some espresso. I know. Okay. Okay. So now, Cold War, though, still going on. This is still a thing. Um, It eventually, it even led, I would say, continues. There's a lot that happens. I'm going to fast forward. It even leads to, like, the Vietnam War. Again, this was, like, a quote-unquote, a fight against communism. Um, and at this point, it had reached this um, this goal of wanting to influence third world countries or what's known today as the global south. So the Cold War wanted to influence or communism wanted to influence third world countries in their political systems? Um, the tension that built up between the Cold War, right? You've got two superpowers that are constantly bu- that are kind of constantly battling for who's number one, mm-hmm. whether it's the Cuban Missile Crisis, maybe, whether it's the um, space race, whether it's communism and democracy. Like, they're just ki- constantly going at it. And so now they see a new and so a new market exactly. in Global South, otherwise known as third world countries. Correct. Okay. Correct. So this kind of happens until the late 1980s. And that is when Gorbachev is is now the Soviet leader. And he starts to dismantle um, certain aspects of the Soviet system, including their political system. Um, so the communists, 
kind of control over the Soviet bloc countries in Eastern Europe um, collapse in 1989. And he kind of um, complies with the fall. Like he's not fighting against it. He's okay with the the collapse and he's like, let's move in a different direction. Yes. And democratic governments are, are rising to power in East Germany, Poland, Hungary, and Czechoslovakia. Okay. Um, and this was kind of, and this was followed by, not kind of, but it was followed by the unification of East and West Germany. And that was done under NATO's guidance. Again, with Soviet approval. They were like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Soviet Union dissolved and became the Russian Federation at the end of 1991. And that is marks the end of the Cold War. Okay. Which... NATO was created at the start of the Cold War, right? So many at the time wondered, does NATO survive post-Cold War? Because one could argue the enemy, the one that they were trying to protect against, no longer exists. But they were like, no, our mission is still to be this political and military alliance. And just because we don't have the same threat we once had doesn't mean we don't have other threats. So one could argue terrorism would be one of those threats. So there was still this quote unquote value in having this alliance. Mm -hmm. Even though, remember the original purpose to keep Americans in, Soviet out, and Germany down, no longer truly stood. Yeah. So, yes, questions. Yeah, well, I I mean, fast, I guess we're gonna fast forward in the future, but it's like, was it still down? Or was it just temporarily down? Was so, the threat of communism, or if we, if we want to even call it a threat, was the yeah. temptation of communism still a threat? Or so after the Cold War, Russia was under it was like pretty chaotic in Russia, and they had a lot of economic troubles. Yeah, those first few years. So to argue it's not because they had a lot okay. of other issues they were doing dealing with. But now, under Putin, Putin, oh my God, Putin, <laughs> Putin. <laughs> <laughs> under Putin, the Russian state uh, is, has become more centralized than it was at that time and more autocratic yeah. than it was at that time. So, and then their kind of foreign policy has now also shifted under him. Mm-hmm. So, the United States and Europe mainly through NATO and the European Union, has shifted their sphere of influence east in spite of Russian objectives. So what I mean by that is NATO has continued to grow. More countries, it's gone through that 12 to 30. More countries are joining it even to this day. Like I said at the top, the latest was in 2020. But now we've got, is it Sweden, Finland? Uh, They have, yes. So Russia's response has been to start pushing west now. And one could argue who went first or whatever, if they ever really stopped. But now Russia is pushing west, as we've seen with actions um, from Russia. And NATO continues to expand. So that's why they invited Finland and Sweden to join. Well, haven't they always been invited? It's just now that they that uh, Finland and Sweden feel a little bit more pressure because... Russia's doing the salami tactic of cutting off little pieces of land. Sure. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like it, 
uh, maybe I'm wrong, but is it not NATO? It's like, an, uh, maybe it's not an open invitation. Like who gets to join NATO? Like how do they decide or who gets the invitation? So any European state to like quote, to further the principles of the treaty and to contribute to the security of the North Atlantic area um, is quote unquote invited to attend. Like that, the membership is open to anyone who can approve that, but it has to be made by unanimous agreements from the countries already in NATO. Mm, So that's why you're hearing like Turkey pushing back against Finland or Sweden. You need everybody to say yes. Yeah. To that. And another fact is the the Warsaw Pact um, was also dissolved in 1991. So when the Cold War ended and the Soviet Union dissolved, so did the Warsaw Pact. So those kind of agreements, except for NATO, remain. Mm. Or military Don't alliance. Remain. There's other agreements, but yeah. military alliance. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that is NATO, a piece of NATO. <laughs> a piece of NATO, because it's big... Yes. Yeah. I will say I find it very interesting that you can see this in almost every like part of life is there's like there's a yin and the yang, you know, there's the communism and then the capitalism, there's the Warsaw Pact and the NATO. It's just there's always got to be an enemy, you know, and uh and a good guy. And you're not that's why the third world exists i feel like people are just like frustrated because it's these two superpowers but everyone else just wants to go about their day you know that's when i think about nato at least Mm, when i think about nato which i did think about them a lot (laughs) when i started researching them couldn't sleep last night (laughs) think about nato (laughs) it's just like they're an organization like it's a alliance it's you know an organization to protect us um I think at that point, there's always a different side of the story. Yeah. And I don't think that's always what we're shown or what we learn. And so I would say all my research is from the perspective of like U.S., from like the NATO NATO's website or somebody in the U.S. talking about NATO, which I'm sure if we were to look at other historians who maybe have a different perspective. Or even if you're looking at it from like a Russian website. Right. Like what is their perspective and like how do they feel about NATO and what it means? Because obviously it's causing a lot of tension if there's threat of escalation in the Ukraine war, if member states join NATO. Right. And it's interesting, like if NATO wouldn't exist, though, would we be in a similar situation? Like is NATO the actual cause or is it something else? And you're seeing that uh, the same thing in Asia, too. and it's upsetting China because the U.S. is kind of creating its own NATO in Asia with um, the quad mm. between mm-hmm. India, Australia, the U.S. and Japan, I believe. So it's just the U.S. trying to spread its kind of influence um, to both sides. And, you know, if you're a smaller third world country seeing this, you're like uh, kind of stuck like between a hard place you know yeah but like also the the power of it's really fascinating because if you think about ukraine and the ukrainian war it's like okay you've got russia that's literally on your border influencing it but also 
taking off pieces of your sovereign nation because they've got the military power. So how do you garner military power? And that's by becoming a member of an alliance like NATO or an association like NATO. You definitely need help. In yeah. Cities if you're smaller. But sure. like you have to decide and is it who I always go back to like who who's to say what social values we should project on other people. But there are things yeah. that it's worth it's worth considering would you align to liberal democracy or are you closer to communism and you're going to lean one way or the other if you have to be part of that alliance or be considered for an alliance or can it just be on like economic factors it's kind of it's interesting yeah, yeah. and 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 the piece that we didn't really talk about um as much was the fall of the soviet union was a lot of it was economical you know yeah. it was the the communes weren't working the the people weren't um, yeah. being as productive as they could. Like, so like while we know that capitalism, there's a lot of bad things and heck, I mean, we've all been on the, the bad end of the stick sometimes as, uh, as people trying to um, work and make their way up. It's, uh, it's the, the communism stuff's tough too, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just how our world is now. <laughs> yeah. Kids accept the fact. I'm trying to bring it back. Like, I'm trying to think about it in terms of like, what does it mean to our listeners? Like, why is this important? Why is NATO, understanding what NATO means to listeners? Like, why is that important, Mallory? I mean, I think one, it's, one could argue it's stabilizing or destabilizing global relations, which would have an impact on us economically. It would have an impact on our military services. So I think that's one piece. I think from a another piece is we do pay for it. Yeah. It does come out of our budget. So now while our military budget or defense budget is billions and billions and millions and billions of dollars, <laughs> and this is just a tiny sliver of it, it is a question every time we do the, the defense budget, like, is it quote unquote worth it? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that's been in the conversation of like, should we continue to get to it or not? Yeah. So it depends. Do you want to be part of the sorority or not? <laughs> I normally say no to sororities. <laughs> You're like, I didn't want to be a part of it I don't anyways. Pay, I don't want to pay yeah. for friends. <laughs> you want to pay for friends and security? I, and- think, I think it has grown. Like, you know, you said it started at 12 and now it's at 30. Two percent right. of everyone's GDP, like it is a massive. It's a massive, yeah, yeah. And Russia alleges that part of um, that in the early '90s, U.S. and NATO would not expand. Like that was part of the agreement that membership would not expand eastward. But the U.S. and NATO NATO leaders say, no, we didn't. We never said that. It's a little bit of yeah. he said, she said. Yeah. Um, or he said, he said, because there's probably males that were in power. Oh, dang. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to look at it. You're, you know, it, I, I'd feel different if it was like US, the UK, France, and some of the boys, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we got a little pack, but it's like, no, it's 30 nations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's everyone in Europe. And you're just like, you know, not justifying anything, but yeah. just. It's definitely way too big and way too well-funded. So what I'm taking away, yes. the bottom line of NATO is yes. that it is a an association or a group of member countries that formed post-World War II yes. to form a security alliance 
um, to ensure that liberal democracy was protected across the North Atlantic and that it had an existential crisis post-Cold War, but it has continued through time and is now becoming more relevant because we're seeing similar challenges that we did post-World War II with Russia invading Ukraine? As a summary, yes. Okay. I think I would clarify and say the similar challenges is that you have a superpower that wants to expand. Yeah. You have superpowers that want to expand. Yeah. NATO and then Russia. Yep. At least in that part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important to listeners. It matters to you because, or us, me, because one, it it could stabilize our country or economy, but also because we contribute with our fa- our tax yeah. dollars. Yeah. And does that matter? Does that matter to our listeners? You let us know. <laughs> yeah, tell <laughs> us. Some people are like, I probably care more about if my money goes to something else or not. And some of our listeners are like, you know what? The Pope is right. We'll figure it out in the afterlife. <laughs> Whatever the superpowers do, we'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us as we try to speak and learn more about this world. <laughs> you got you got there. Um, you can find all our resources linked in the show notes. We are not experts, but we try to learn from them. And if you have a topic you'd like to know more about, or if you want to share your opinion on NATO, let us know on Instagram at Tell Me Less Podcast. Until next time. Boop, boop, boop. We're going to go record that now. <laughs> <laughs>